Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck joins to preview his in-depth interview with Kyle Rittenhouse. More troubles for Chris Cuomo as his publisher decides to drop his upcoming book, So Sad. Someone set the Christmas tree on fire in front of the Fox News building. And boy, do I have the perfect merch item to commemorate that, this mug right here. It's not a riot, it's a mostly peaceful tree lighting. It's perfect. You can commemorate that entire event and all the other terror going around the nation at stewdoesmerch.com. Get 20% off when you use the code STU20. And does anybody really believe Jussie Smollett's story about being attacked by Trump supporters at this point? The trial is in closing arguments now, but the outcome is far from certain. Let's take a look back as we do Jussie's Tall Tale. Stu does America. Oh, Jussie, 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 Jussie. Has anyone ever, has anyone else ever been named Jussie? Do you even have to say Smollett? Everyone knows it's Jussie. No one's named Jussie, are they? Are people named Jussie? That's what we'll get to the bottom of tonight on Stu Does America. Um, The prosecution made its closing arguments, and they laid out some of the evidence as to why they thought Jussie Smollett faked a hate crime. We all believe that. Let's be honest about it. If you're watching the show, you already believe he faked a hate crime. But let me convince you further, because I kind of come to the point that he faked a hate crime because, like, no one's going out for Subway at 2 a.m. in the freezing cold. Um, There's so many bizarre things that he tried to act as if they were real. I just didn't believe it from the smell, sniff test. Uh, but uh, there was actual evidence. Um, the, there were six main pieces of evidence they presented. For example, number one, Jesse Smollett decided to withhold his cell phone, medical and DNA evidence from the police. Why would he do that if he wanted the crime solved? Um, he uh, made false statements to the police on the race of the attackers. Of course, he called the attackers white, Famously, they were less than white. Seemingly not white at all. Uh, the third piece um, was at his tampering with the rope that he supposedly had had fashioned into a noose and left around his neck. Um, he, uh, by the way, at one point, the, uh, the attorney said he monkeyed around with the rope. And that led to gasps because monkey is a word you say if you're a racist. A lot of this stuff went on and on and on throughout the trial. He's trying so hard to make everyone that is not him into a racist. We'll get into more into that in a minute. Um, They also said they could not have attacked Smollett without advanced knowledge. Why would they know Jussie Smollett would be going to a subway at 2 a.m.? And why would he how would they know to be at that exact intersection to attack him? How could they possibly know? Um, They also, of course, he had no serious injuries. And he also after Weeks after all this had gone down, he texted these two brothers, the bodybuilding brothers, the uh, uh, Osendero, is it? Yeah, Osendero brothers. And he said, brother, I love you. I stand with you. I know you did nothing wrong. This is weeks after all of this went down, trying to keep them in line with the little hoax. It did not really work out. Um, They have now gone to uh, deliberations, the jury, and Hopefully we get a good ruling out of this because Jesse Smollett is, I think, clearly guilty in this case. Smollett said, um, Ola, Ola, Osandri, Osandero, I'm going to say that wrong every time, uh, who have said Smollett paid them $3,500 to stage a fake hate crime against him, told him after the incident they were willing to publicly say they were not part of any hoax if he paid them $1 million each. So the Jesse Smollett case here is that this was a real attack by white people, except they were actually black people, 
and they also knew him very well, and he didn't notice that at the time. And then afterwards, they decided they were going to fake a hoax if he didn't pay them off. Quite believable. Under oath Monday, Smollett offered testimony over five hours in which he denied orchestrating the attack and suggested the brothers, whom he knew from the Empire set, may have had other motivations at play. He's trying to point the fingers back, of course. Ola Ola Osandero told jurors that Smollett had this crazy idea of having two MAGA supporters attack him, and he wanted to put that on social media. Mr. Smollett asked you to fake attack him? Uh, The prosecutor asked, yes, he responded, pretending to be Trump supporters. Yes. So he could post it on social media. Yes. That is the way this supposedly worked. Smollett did deny, of course, the allegations. He claimed he feared for his life when he was suddenly attacked on the streets of Chicago in the middle of the night. Claimed that he had gone out. This is my favorite part of his excuse. He claimed he had gone out and the brothers knew where he was because they had instructed him to buy eggs. Now, how many times? Have you gone out in the middle of a cold Chicago winter night at 2 a.m. to buy, I believe the number was, four eggs? Not a dozen eggs, but four eggs. For me, it's zero times, but for you, it may be very common. Uh, We have kind of followed this as it's drifted into the world of CNN. We've been in that world so much lately with all the Cuomo nonsense. Well, Don Lemon is involved in this particular story, apparently friendly with our Jussie Smollett and uh, Lemon in a Chicago courtroom on Monday, the actor testified that Don Lemon contacted him to relay the message that the Chicago Police Department did not believe his account of what happened on the night in question. And this is kind of a problem because we've seen this pattern over and over again at CNN where their hosts are using their access to uh, media information and their information they'd only have from their jobs to uh, do background work for their friends or, I don't know, brothers in other cases. Um, here, uh, he's try- uh, Lemon was trying to help. Now, Lemon has basically already admitted this in the past. He says, uh, I knew everyone would be picking apart his story. It's not for me. That's not my concern. My concern is for him. He is friendly with uh, Jesse and basically is doing the same thing Chris Cuomo did. I can't judge my brother, as you know. I can't do that. Even though, of course, he was outspoken at the beginning about this. Now, this is one of the things that I find interesting about this story. Jesse Smollett, I mean, generally speaking, I don't care about him. I never watched Empire. I'm sure you never watched Empire. Uh, Empire apparently has ended. It's over. He's not on it anymore. He's probably never going to be in a uh, movie or a show that you watch from here on out. Maybe you liked Empire. I don't know. I didn't care about it at all. I don't care about Jesse Smollett at all. I don't really care about what he's doing. But what I do care about is the way our media handles this information. And it's becoming a real problem. Now, when he makes this accusation, there is this instant instinct to jump to your political side of the aisle, your uh, your priors. There's this idea that whatever you believed already is always just confirmed with whatever information comes out. I will say you see this all the time with covid. I mean, you know, whenever there's something, you know, The uh, Omicron variant, it's either the worst thing in the world or nothing before we know anything about it, right? People just jump to whatever their priors are and they act as if this new information, whether they have uh, anything to support it or not, is, uh, is more evidence that shows that they were right the whole time. 
This happened like crazy in the media. And it, it it was really, really dramatic. I want to take you back, not only to the media, but also some politicians, and remind you of what people were saying at this time. Now, Lee Daniels, he's the creator of the show Empire that Smollett was on. You might suspect he would jump to an actor on his own show's defense, and you would not be surprised by what he wound up doing. You didn't deserve, nor anybody deserves, to have a noose put around your neck. Yeah, no, To have true. bleach thrown on you. Mm-hmm. To be called die, mm. or whatever they said to you. Or whatever they said. Or nothing. You are better than that. Yes. We are, be- we are better than that. America is better than that. Are you? It starts at home. It starts at home, yo. We have to love each other, regardless of what sexual orientation we are. Mm. Because it shows that we are united on a united front. And no racist can come in and do the things that they did to you. Or not. Hold your head up, Jesse. Or don't. I'm with you. I'll be there in a minute. It's just another day in America. Seems like if you were going to be there in a minute, you should be already in transport uh, rather than talking into the camera for social media. But again, that's what this whole incident was about from the beginning. Now, wasn't it? Uh, Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, they are the producers of Empire. They had some bleeped out words to say, too. We do Empire, man. What are you talking? Of course we know it. It's It's the worst thing possible. There's nothing worse than than that. Personally, Gigantically talented and authentic artist. Authentic. He is a giver, not a taker. And this is like a hate crime. And I'm trying not to cuss because it's the worst thing that's possible. The worst thing. It's, it's, I'll cuss. It's f***ing infuriating. Absolutely. So I think that's, I think that covers it. They got Opie to swear. Um, It's a little bit disturbing because, of course, we now know that none of this happened. But you can see the priors just bleeding into these statements, right? They already believed Trump supporters were racists and homophobes. And they already believed they were committing violent acts all over the place with no evidence. So when another one happens with someone they know, they immediately jump to, well, of course it's true. Of course it's true. But are they normally true? Hmm. Cory Booker had a statement about Jussie Smollett as well. The vicious attack on actor Jussie Smollett was an attempted modern day lynching. Was it? How could you believe this crap? I'm glad he's safe. To those in Congress who don't feel the urgency to pass our anti-lynching bill designated lynching as a federal hate crime, I urge you to pay attention. Unfortunately, they, they listened. They paid attention. You weren't paying attention, Cory. And by the way, I mean, lynching, I, I, that was an issue in this country at one point. By the way, something like 40 percent or 35 percent of people lynched in this country were white. Uh, the lynching was a bizarre, bizarre time. Obviously, my understanding of lynching when it leads to death of someone is that it's already illegal. I'm pretty, pretty sure that murder's been illegal for quite some time. Kirsten Gillibrand, she said, this is all on the same day, right afterwards, immediate reactions. This is a sickening and outrageous attack. And horribly, it's the latest of too many hate crimes against LGBTQ people and people of color. We are all responsible for condemning this behavior and every person who enables or normalizes it, praying for Jossie and his family. (laughs) She's so ineffective in so many ways, but... Yet another one. Here's uh, Danny Strong, actor uh, from Empire. He says, I'm deeply horrified and saddened by the racist and homophobic attacks against Jesse Smollett. 
He is a kind and profoundly talented soul whom I respect with all my heart. The terror of racism and homophobia has no place in our society. It is the most indecent way to live. Whoever did this, do not forget that you are nothing but hate-filled cowards while Jussie's talent and activism will continue to shine a bright light onto the world for decades to come. Unfortunately, whoever did this was Jussie. So I don't know. It seems like he's almost insulting Jussie on that one. 20th Century Fox released a statement. We are deeply saddened and outraged to learn that a member of our empire family, Jussie Smollett, was viciously attacked last night. We send our love to Jussie, who is resilient and strong, and we will work with law enforcement to bring these perpetrators to justice. The entire studio, network, and production stands united in the face of any despicable act of violence and hate, and especially against one of our own. Time's up. Now, Time's Up, I think, before they basically, going back to the CNN tie-in again, Time's Up was one of the organizations that got in a little itsy-bitsy bit of trouble when they were basically trying to defend Andrew Cuomo. Now, you think Time's Up is an organization that's supposed to defend women against sexual harassment. They're defending Andrew Cuomo and going after the women who were harassed by Cuomo. And then they're releasing statements on Jussie Smollett's fake attacks. Who knows? Here's what they said. Jesse Smollett has always been a part of the Time's Up family. Our hearts are with him and the Smollett's and all of those who have ever been a target of this kind of despicable hate. Nancy Pelosi, whose signature you can find right here on this Nancy Pelosi sucks pen, nancypelosisuckspen.com. Get one for the uh, holidays in stock now. She tweeted, the racist homophobic attack on Jesse Smollett is an affront to our humanity. No one should be attacked for who they are or whom they love. I pray that Jussie has a speedy recovery from all those terrible injuries and that justice is served. May we all commit to ending this hate once and for all. And we can confirm they did end this hate or at least they ended this tweet because she deleted it. Kamala Harris, fighter for people of color. She tweeted, Jussie Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. Oh, yes, because those injuries were terrible. This was an attempted modern day lynching. Look at how she talks with such authority about this event she knows nothing about. No one should have to fear for their life because of their sexuality or color of their skin. We must confront this hate. Joe Biden said very slowly, what happened today to Jussie Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor, that homophobia and racism have no place on our street or in our hearts. We are with you, Jussie. I'm going to return to eating this plate of beetles. I don't know. I, that part isn't when I on the tweet, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing at that point. What's interesting about this is so many people, so quickly, all of this power and authority and credibility and also the possibility of uh, embarrassing themselves. You know, if you're in a power, you're, you're Nancy Pelosi, you're Joe Biden, you're Kamala Harris. Is there a moment where it strikes your mind where you say, hey, if I'm wrong on this, I'm going to look like an idiot. And some lovingly overweight television host in a suit is going to start reading my tweets in a few years. Is there a moment you think about that? Apparently not. Now, um, 
hate crimes are kind of common these days. And uh, we've talked to uh, to um, Wilford Riley before. He wrote a book about this. And um, there's a there's a column, a Wall Street Journal column today uh, written by Jason Riley. I don't think they're um, related. Uh, in fact, they're not because their names are spelled differently. Uh, but his book uh, that he came out with was called, I think, Hate Crime Hoax. And we've talked to him on radio before. Uh, he noticed some of these hate crimes that wound up being fake. Let me give you some examples. 2012 popular gay bar in suburban Chicago destroyed by fire. The owner uh, cited homophobia as the reason. Same year, black students at the University of Wisconsin Parkside reported death threats uh, from hate groups, found a noose hanging from a dorm room door. Ultimately, the owner of the bar pleaded guilty to arson and insurance fraud. A black student at the university fessed up to sending racist threats and um, planting, uh, planting the noose. More incidents followed, and Mr. Riley's skepticism grew. The phenomenon of fake hate crimes did not appear to be small-scale or regionally based, he writes. A gay pastor in Texas accused a Whole Foods store of selling him a cake with a slur written in icing. The store produced video evidence that the pastor was lying. A white woman in Oregon disfigured her own face with acid and claimed a black man had attacked her. Later, she admitted fabricating the entire story. I mean, again, if you're going to fabricate a story, the icing one is the one to go to. Don't put acid on your face. I mean, it's just basic science. After signs that read blacks only and whites only were found at a bath- bathroom entrances on the University of Buffalo campus in upstate New York, a black graduate student confessed to posting them. He eventually compiled a database and you're kind of seeing an outline of it here. 346 hate crime allegations. And it's overwhelming, honestly. It really is. Let me give you some of them. You remember this one, of course. New York Times. FBI says noose was in NASCAR garage since last year. The old Bubba Wallace incident. Uh, NPR. Parishioner arrested for November arson of black church in Mississippi. We discussed that one. Uh, Twitter. Th- uh, threats to black keen students made by black alum, police say. Uh, University of Wisconsin Parkside. A hit list was a hoax, police say. New York Times. Target of racist graffiti wrote it. Air Force Academy says a Muslim college student who made up Trump supporters subway attack to uh, to avoid punishment for missing curfew and on and on and on and on and on. These things. Let me tell you this right now. This is going to be a hard thing to hear if you're on the left. Every single hate crime uh, story that sounds this shady is. Doctors agree nine out of ten hate crime stories are hoaxes. Now. That might not be exactly scientifically based, but there's a certain level of skepticism you need to bring to a story like this. People don't write gay slurs on the credit card receipt they hand to a lesbian waitress. That literally never occurs. No one would do it on their own credit card receipt with their own name on it. Nobody does these things. You don't have to jump to a conclusion on a BS story. You don't have to be in this pile of tweets and statements that I'm reading here. It doesn't have to be you. What is the purpose? Why not come, wait a minute. Why not look at something and hold off and try to understand the story and see if maybe there's a little bit more to it than whatever your priors brought to the story when you read it. Stop, take a breath, Don't think about how many retweets you might get if you just tweet the most uh, uh, terrible allegation seconds after you hear it. Take a minute. Stop yourself. Step away from the Twitter and you'll do yourself a favor. At the end of the day, you won't look like an idiot, at least for this. You'll probably say something else dumb, but at least for this particular moment, 
you won't be like an, a complete, you won't look like a complete idiot. And of course, you'll be happy to hear you won't look nearly as, as, as fraudulent as one Jussie Smollett. This winter, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections. You want to talk about a great gift. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. You know, it's a lot of stuff you're not even going to know uh, about. You might not even know the stuff exists. Box of Awesome has you covered from winter cocktails to cozy uh, clothing to camping gear essentials. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. And if you're looking for a great gift for that guy in your life, this is the way to go. They can just take the quick uh, quiz at boxofawesome.com or you can take it for them. Uh, and, of course, your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. Or if you know their interests, you can just pick. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel anytime. It's super customizable, super easy to get in and out. Maybe you want to do it for just a few months. Totally cool. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. In fact, it's usually way more than $70 of gear. I've never seen anyone even close to 70. They're usually way more than that. Box of Awesome is great, and it supports small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code STU at checkout, boxofawesome.com. Code is STU for 20% off. It's boxofawesome.com, code STU. Joining us now of his own free will and under no sort of coercion whatsoever is Glenn Beck. His new special airs at 9 p.m. Eastern right after the show. So be sure not to miss it tonight. It's uh, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse. It's Glenn and Kyle one-on-one, the real villain of the Rittenhouse story. Glenn, uh, we have not maybe done the makeup before the interview started. Is that not a... Yeah, I know. That's what I'm doing. I've got an interview with Tucker Carlson in a little while and a real show. Okay. So So, doing this. You're doing... I'm just sitting here. Uh, you wanted to talk about something, so... I did. I just... Yeah. It would be nice if maybe uh, mm-hmm. could have done this beforehand, but well, uh, right. let's get to just, it. You do have... Let me, let me know when they're ready for me, will you? Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> wonderful. I don't uh, know how much time I have, so hurry up. Okay, you're interviewing uh, Kyle Rittenhouse tonight. Well, you've yeah. interviewed him already, actually. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really here for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, obviously, he uh, thinks a lot of you. That's only the 74th interview he's done this week. Um, so you, you got right in there. Yeah. Right and, at the top uh, of the stack. How'd your interview go with him? <laughs> yeah, interview? It was limited. It's limited. Say my interview <laughs> with him was limited. <laughs> limited. That's yeah, how I would yeah. describe it. Yeah. No, I mean, this is. I think it's interesting. Uh, to be serious, I, I was. We talked about this a little bit off the air, and there's been a few different types of interviews that have happened with mm-hmm. Kyle so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tucker had the first interview with him, and Tucker can do really hard-hitting interviews. You know, this that was one. one yeah, it was. It was trying to understand who this guy was. It mm-hmm. was not. It was know, appropriate really, for the day. Yeah, it was appropriate for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Elijah and Sydney did an interview with him, which was different. It was a, a bunch of people, and, and it was again. I think you got a real a part of his personality, but it wasn't a Glenn Beck interview. It was a, it was a totally different vibe. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things. Um, there's um, two styles of interviews that I think he's doing, and and I think because of the interview that he did with me. He sat down and he was immediately, I mean, he's a big fan, um, you know, watched me for a long time. And, and so it was like, uh, you know, it was be- very cautious. Yes. And I think, I think he sees 
Tucker and me as television and radio and everybody else as Internet, which is not a slam. It's just to people in at his age. That's not really real. Right, right. That's so, not real. That's where we hang out. Yeah, it's like, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was a diff- it's a different mindset for him. Um, uh, and, you know, in the interview tonight, you're going to see uh, he's not the best interview. Mm-hmm. He's hard because he's guarded? a kid. No, not even guarded. He's just, he hasn't thought all of these things through. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a normal kid, 18 years old, and that's how everybody is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I asked him at one point, what did, you know, what did you learn from all of this? And after he told me, I said, from here on out, the answer is, um, unless my parents know, I'm not <laughs> taking the gun out of the house. Because I, I asked him, did you get in trouble with mom and dad? Because as a dad, <laughs> yeah, I would have beat the <laughs> snot out of you. What was wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? And um, he said, no, they didn't, they didn't know. Mm. And he said, I said, were they mad? And he said, well because I was at the police station and we realized, and they, I had shot two people in self-defense and it was, you know, a problem. Uh, we didn't really go to that place. You skipped He's, over the mad part of the story. Yeah, he yeah. said we skipped over that, but uh, he said, yeah, they, 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 they were mad. Yeah, it's interesting. We watched during the, the George Floyd thing, there were guys out there with guns guarding businesses. And every time I saw that, you know, these bur- big burly guys with beards and, you know, motorcycle, you know, gangs. Him. And I thought every time I saw it, I was like, good for them, man, out there defending the community. When I saw Kyle Rittenhouse, I was like, good God, I thought of my son in just a few years, you know, uh, and your it son is about the same inter- age. Same age, uh-huh. uh, 17. And they are so much. It's it's weird. I've watched the video of the interview that I just did. Mm-hmm. And I watched the video in the in the edit room, which it's not edited, by the way, just so you know. But I'm watching it back, and you don't get the same feeling that I got across the table. He looks older on tape than he does in person. Mm. When you're sitting right across the table, you're like, it's a 16 or 18-year-old kid. It's a kid. And you put yourself either, like I did, talking to my son you know, thinking like, where were you thinking? How did that happen? Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. Um, and he has the same kind of answers that my son would have. I don't know. I just thought it was right. I just did that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and everybody's expecting him to be this, um, this big, uh, you know, guy who is um, going to be a crusader and everything else, kind of a David Hogg. Mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. That's not him. It's not him. He didn't want to be. He was there, honestly, to be an EMS guy. He was just there to help. And protect his community. And protect his community. And that's all he wanted to do. And he didn't foresee this. And now everybody's like, well, you could run for office or you could do this. And he's like, I, I don't like politics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he's not a political guy. Yeah. I mean, they had that moment with him on, on this, uh, Elijah and Sydney's show where he, he they talked to him about the LeBron James tweet. I don't know if you talked to him about this at no. all. But he said, you know, he was a Lakers fan. I mean, think about this. You're a 17, 18-year-old kid. Your hero, LeBron James, is out there trashing That's you. That's the first sign of trouble. 
Oh yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> your hero <laughs> That's a good is point. LeBron James. That's I, right. I put those words in my mouth. I think yeah, he yeah. liked. He said he liked LeBron okay, James. Right, okay. But you know, this player that you that you like on your favorite mm-hmm. team is bashing you. It's got to be impossible. Uh, he also went through a period where he was called a white supremacist, and it hasn't really stopped per se. But Biden hasn't said it recently, at least. Um, you asked him about uh, the interaction he had long distance with Joe Biden and whether this should be updated a little bit. Let's watch. The president ever call you to apologize? He hasn't, and I, I would I would like to sit down with the president and have a conversation with him and tell him the facts of what happened. Um, I don't expect that to happen, but it would be <laughs> right for him to do it. He's so it was a weird interview because he's so earnest. Mm-hmm. He's so earnest and so honest. He's um, almost a little naive. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he says that, I would like to sit down with him. <laughs> like, dude, no, you don't. Yeah. No, yeah, you don't. Because right. he's not going to listen to you and it's not going to be good. You know, but you get he's. get the real sense. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm judging him from interviews and, and testimony and stuff, but it, it seems like he really just does want to. Maybe if I talked to him, he'd understand. Like, yeah, oh, he yeah, really yeah. He seems yeah, to yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I asked him in the interview, how many more interviews are you going to do? Why are you doing them? You don't want to be in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing them? And he was like, until people understand my point of view, my, my side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> You're there. Well, this apparently did happen at least one time. You asked him about it. Watch. Has anybody from the media organizations, has anybody honest come to you and go, you know what? I really thought this, but I was watching that and I was wrong. I'm sorry. Um, not, I haven't noticed anything from the media, but Bill Ackman, a really great guy. Um, he, I had a Zoom call with him the other day. Um, and who is he? Uh, he, um, he does, uh, banking stuff, um, out of New York. Yeah. Hedge fund guy. Yes. Okay. Um, and he said, I watched the trial and I was wrong and. I, I support you now. I'm sorry. And it was just a great that, phone call. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot to me um, that people are willing to sit down and talk to me and understand. And they'll watch the trial and then they'll, they'll look at the facts. It means a lot. Yeah. One. Mm. One. That is what you're supposed to do, right? I, you know, when he was saying that, I thought, gosh, I think, I think I've done that a few times. You have. You have. I've th- I think I've done that a few times. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the times, people don't even know about it. But if I've gotten it wrong, I call the people and they're like, I'm, boy, I'm really sorry. Or at the very least, collect, correct it on the air. Yeah. You know, and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. wow, gosh, I really blew this yeah. one. I mean, that happens. Uh, you know, and everyone and you knows should. it happens to every single person at, at one time or another, mm-hmm. unless you're not being honest. And, and it's bad. I, I mean, we were like that with Donald Trump. I absolutely thought Donald Trump was... No, oh, I thought he was going to have terrible Supreme Court picks. We'll oh, yeah. see what happens yeah. <laughs> as we get but, into next year. But I mean, but, I mean they've been... and now... You know, I'm going to do an interview with him Friday. By the way, yeah. how, how's your interview with him coming? Uh, it was limited. Yes, yeah, limited. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. limited access on that but, one. But <laughs> uh, I'm doing an interview that is going to happen next. Uh, we're going to air in January, and it's all about the future. Uh, what mm. does Donald Trump see in the future? Not his run, but what would he do to fix these things? How hard is it to turn things around? If I can get him to focus on the future, um, that's what I hope it to be. So you're going, but, and you're going to Florida I, but, for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the guy did not like me at all. No. Yeah. Well, you guys went through a little bit of a roller coaster yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll and, be interesting, too. And it's only happened because I admitted on the air that 
what he was doing based mm -hmm. on the facts, I was wrong and misjudged what he would do. And then he was man enough to call me up and say, hey, thanks. Thanks for noticing and, and actually being a man of your word. That's how humans are supposed to interact. Exactly. But it's not. He believes that still. God bless him. He still believes that. And we'll see. I don't think that happens until a massive, gargantuan, all-encompassing lawsuit, which is coming. Mm. Uh, mm. Did you get into that? On the interview? Uh, yeah, I asked him about it, and he was—he uh, just smiled, and because we had talked about it beforehand, mm -hmm. off air, and I don't want to say it's just—it's coming, <laughs> it's coming. Um, so, going back to the beginning of this, when this Kyle Rittenhouse thing happens, the media immediately goes to white supremacy, and you know, like it, there are very few white supremacists in, in in the United States of America, and I doubted that from the beginning. There was never any evidence of it. I'll bet you there is just as many black supremacists as there are now. Certainly per capita, white, yeah, I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but with Rittenhouse, I will say my impression of him, again, just off of what what his actions were, was that he probably was a Second Amendment activist. He probably was a guy who was really engaged in conservative politics, because why would you be out there? Everyone who was doing those things. And he voted for Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, right? Like, not a guy who was Correct. there. Um, you talked to him about the Second Amendment a little bit and how he felt about it. I thought this was interesting. Watch. Will you ever pick up a gun again? I don't know. What is your view of guns now? I believe everybody has a Second Amendment right. I believe in the Constitution. Have you touched one since? I haven't. Uh, but other than the museum. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw your guys' beautiful museum, and I was looking at your uh, very old old uh, weapons you guys yeah, had. Yeah, from the Revolutionary War. Yes. Yeah. So they don't scare you at all? No. Good. Hmm. I asked him about nightmares. I asked him about what does it feel like afterwards, after you've killed a man, and how that affects you. And, oh, hang on. They're ready for me. See ya. Glenn Beck, the new special is uh, Glenn and Kyle one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, he's apparently doing an important interview about it right now. The real villain of the Rittenhouse story. Uh, it is coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, the best way to watch is with your very own Blaze TV subscription. Head to Blaze TV. <laughs> BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. That's how they know you like this stupid show. A little bit more than Glenn, at least. And you'll save 10 bucks. Uh, Glenn, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me about this particular topic. Back in a second. <laughs> this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Built Bar is something that my wife uh, started everybody around here on. Uh, eventually got to Tanya back, then to Glenn back. Now it's everywhere, it seems like. I'm seeing it in stores, I'm seeing it everywhere. Built Bar, you can uh, order it from Built.com. They have uh, all sorts of great flavors. The, the one they've been talking about a lot lately is the, are the puffs. They're sort of like a marshmallow sort of vibe uh, to them. They have all these great chocolates on the outside of them. Plus, they have the classic flavors. You can get a mix box of uh, all the nine big flavors, and they're always introducing new things. Uh, uh, so 
you know, look, the holiday season, you can overdo it a little bit. Built bars are there for you to give you the crave, you know, get, satisfy that craving and not make you look like, you know, like Glenn, you know. Glenn eats like 12 of them at a time, so I don't know if they work for him in that way. But they could work for you if you eat them as directed. Built Bars are healthy and delicious. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code STU15. Get 15% off your order. Promo code is STU15 for 15% off at Built.com. I want to take a moment to wish a happy belated birthday to Andrew Cuomo. 64 big years. 64 incredible years. Wow, what a... What an accomplishment. He's a great guy and just has done so many great things for the American people and to the American people. Uh, he celebrated his birthday with everyone who wanted to show up. Uh, of course, that was uh, his daughter. To be fair, I think there's someone on a phone there on FaceTime as he's blowing the candles out. What a happy, happy scene. Uh, still one more person than should be there, but hey, it's his daughter, and I respect that, uh, because daughters hopefully love your kids even when your parents are awful. Andrew Cuomo, by the way, is awful.com. Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Uh, Chris Cuomo, also in the news, he's celebrating uh, the fact that he doesn't have to write a book, and we're celebrating the fact that we don't have to hear about it. Chris Cuomo had a book uh, coming from HarperCollins. Uh, it, is, uh, it was called Deep Denial, and you're going to be shocked. This is an incredible premise. I can't believe they dropped this. He was going to be uh, critical of Donald Trump. Uh, with, there's never been a book written before critical of Donald Trump. And what an incredible, um, innovative idea this was for Chris Cuomo. Somehow HarperCollins is ditching it. And it's very, very sad. Really, and just more bad news for the Cuomo family. And uh, that's really, really breaking me up. By the way, I got this. Uh, I, I think I mentioned this before. I got this from... Uh, Glenn gave me this present uh, a while ago. It is a framed picture of the moment Andrew Cuomo resigned. Uh, I mean, and I, I do sincerely appreciate that, um, as you see here. And then he also then gave me this just the other day, a framed photo of Chris Cuomo on CNN being announced that he had lost his gig. Now, I don't want to say anything about Chris Cuomo here. I don't know what this says about him. But, like, the frame for the Andrew Cuomo firing much nicer than the frame for the Chris Cuomo firing. Uh, so I don't know what that says about Andrew or Chris or me or Glenn, but uh, I do appreciate that because um, I don't know if you know this, but just to keep it clear, Andrew Cuomo was awful.com and Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Speaking of one Glenn Beck, you may know that he started a company many years ago called realestateagentsitrust.com. The idea was you don't want, I don't know, like a Cuomo family member to be your real estate agent. You want someone who's competent, someone who's honest, someone who's not, I don't know, going to harass you and grab your butt when you see them. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com, I'm pretty sure they do screen for butt grabbing. So you're not going to have anybody grab your butt that comes from real estate agents. I trust.com. If you have a regular real estate agent, I can't guarantee it. Could happen at any moment. Who knows? Who's going to guard your behind? I don't know. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You don't have to worry about it. You can get more real, uh, information at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a place to go no matter where you are in the country for the best real estate agent in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. 
You know, sometimes when you're doing a show, the sun just shines on your particular broadcast and things just happen. And it just seems almost predetermined that you're going to get the benefit of the news cycle. And of course, we had uh, Andrew Cuomo. It was awful. We talked about him over and over again. He's gone. We talked about Chris Cuomo over and over and over again. He's gone. And then this, which this one I didn't even see coming. Uh, A 49-year-old Brooklyn man has been arrested for allegedly setting a huge Christmas tree outside the Fox News building in Midtown Manhattan on fire. Uh, Craig Tamanaha uh, was, it looks like a homeless guy, um, came and and lit the, uh, the, the, the tree on fire. I mean, it really caught on fire. If you haven't seen the footage, I mean, it really is awful. Uh, it is, it's a scene out of some Grinch sequel that we didn't necessarily want to see. But I will say, the world is at strife. There's crisis everywhere. And we have the perfect merch item for this particular story. It's right here. It's not a riot. It's a mostly peaceful tree lighting. <laughs> Who knew that it would actually be recreated in New York right in front of the Fox News building? And there's a picture of what looks like the picture you just saw in front of Fox News. It's a picture of a tree and it's been lit on fire and the city's burning in the background. Uh, You know, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I mean, maybe it's a Christmas present. Chris Cuomo's gone. Andrew Cuomo's gone. The mug matches the picture. I mean, sure. The world is on fire, and that's the price we have to pay for me to have cool merch items. But you know what? At this point, I'm willing to take what I can get. should probably mention that you can get that uh, cup, uh, mug, t-shirt, hoodie, whatever. It's not a riot. It's a mostly peaceful tree lighting at stewdoesmerch.com. The code is stew20 for 20% off. Also there we have the Christmas cards. You're doing life wrong. Uh, if you have anyone in that you want to mention that they're doing life wrong, you can always get one of these cards. And I like to write it with my fancy Nancy Pelosi sucks pen because it really gives, gives you a little bit more behind it when you're writing the card. You get a little bit of anger. Through your pen that says Nancy Pelosi sucks. You can get that as well. 20% off right now in stock. Let me write one of these out. Dear Stacey Abrams, did Georgia voters not make it clear that they don't want you as their governor back in 2018? Because you lost and now you're running again and you're doing life wrong. How can you run for governor when you haven't even conceded from the last time? You are committing election polygamy. Either way, I will tell you, you're doing life wrong. Listen, I know you've built your army of voting reform lackeys, and I'm sure they're working very hard to convince you that there was foul play involved in your loss, but never any other election, I can tell you that. But I'm here to tell you, you lost because you suck in every way imaginable. But I'm still wishing you a very, very merry Christmas re-education training. And I'm assuming we'll see you in 2028 against your fellow loser, Beto O'Rourke, who might be the one complete zero of a human being that you could actually beat. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Love. Stu does America. Fit a lot of words on that really small card on that one. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow.